We're live. This is Retrace. We're talking endgames. We're talking implications. We're talking questions and answers, mind and body, attitude, all that stuff. This is segment number 54, going live. So live, we're blowing up the studio with notifications. Friday, November 18th, one of the best days out there. 2022, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, 4 a.m. in London, 12 noon Beijing, 3 p.m. Sydney. Retrace is about what's going on out there. What's going on out there? Computer control. Nature, which is not effing around, is also going on out there. Artificial intelligence, which is new. Natural intelligence, which is old. Strategic intelligence, which is in between. And by strategic intelligence, you should always think espionage and intelligence agencies for lack of a better term. And the last thing that's going on out there is humanity, which is the best part, and retraces for outsiders. That's what this whole thing is about. You're at the end of the series called Wait, as in, what about AI, though? Wait. W-A-A-I-T. What about AI, though, is what we're doing here. And we're at the end game. Talking about end games. Did you know you could do that? Be at an end game and talk. It's meta. It's very meta. Oh, but not. You know what the meta logo looks like, right? Like, I don't know. If the... <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but the, the logo looks like something. I don't think it was intentional. There are constraints on what we can believe and what we should do. Constraints implied by the questions that we've asked in this series, in the way series and the answers that we've attempt, attempted to give them. We've attempted. Got to finish that word when I say it. What questions have we asked? Let's run through them. What about AI, though? That's the whole big question. That was the first one. What is AI again? We asked that question. And, you know, the answer is what it always is. It's hard to define. How does AI mix with other things? How much do I matter individually in this whole thing? As a species, what are we doing? Where are we headed? As players in the AI game, how do we win? Not that you're necessarily a player, nor am I, but that's what players need to ask themselves, how to win. And in terms of strategic intelligence, what can't we see? Strategic intelligence, the espionage, the secrets, the things that are undoubtedly going on out there and have been documented to have been going on out there in the past, and yet we live most of our daily lives as if we don't know those things. Strategic intelligence, what can't we see? Strategic intelligence, what about cumulative progress in that shadow world? And strategic intelligence, what about superpowers and secrecy? What happens when you add another superpower after all the other superpowers we've added with technology, lightning, etc., which we talked about, electricity, nuclear power. Now we're adding artificial intelligence to that world of strategic intelligence, of espionage, counter-espionage, and covert action. That's what you should think of. It's those three things. That covers most of it. Espionage, anti-espionage, or counter-espionage, and covert action. You're not just stealing secrets or preventing your secrets from being stolen. You're out there cloak and dagger. You're playing in the game. It's a dirty game. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. You ever seen that movie? Here's some of the answers some are more clear than others, that we've tried to give, that we've attempted. 
to those questions. AI is three-dimensional. The three dimensions are value, better and worse, and time and space. Past, present, future, here, there, everywhere. AI is hard to define. AI is already mixed in, already mixed in to the things that we thought we could, oh, what if we mix AI with this? And it will only become more mixed in going forward. We could be headed for great or terrible things. This is another answer to the question of where are we, you know, where are we headed here? What are we doing? The ignorant and the incapable, pointing at myself, because let's be honest, let's be honest. The ignorant and the incapable will not affect where we're going. It's kind of harsh, but it's also true. Not appreciably, they won't affect it. The, re- the end game is where I'm going to bring this back, but I'll just put a little placeholder in your mind. We need to be about player orientation. Player orientation. What are you oriented around? Change your orientation to player orientation. In this game, you have to be player oriented. We'll come back to that. The ignorant and the incapable. Cast them aside. Not because we want to. It's just automatic. You don't listen to people who don't know what they're talking about. And I have been firmly in that category often on this podcast because I'm pushing right up to the edge of my confidence and then blowing right past that edge and falling off the cliff. But you understand, you can see what I've been doing, why I've fallen off that cliff so many times. I've known it. It's, it's part of whatever this is has been falling off that cliff. But you wouldn't put me on a panel to decide big decisions in AI. Why not? Yeah. I don't do it. I don't know how to do it, really. I, I, I know the first thing, but you need to know the last thing, or almost, or the last known thing. Otherwise, you're ignorant in such a high-stakes, competitive, and new novel thing. The incapable. You can know everything. You can be yap, 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 yap. Again, we are listing crimes of which I have been guilty. You can be yap, 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 but if you can't be type 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 in the world of artificial intelligence, that's most of what it is, although there's other stuff that would qualify as doing or capable. But if you're just yappa yappa, you're incapable, and you will not have an appreciable effect on the whole thing. Players in the... We're still talking about answers here, answers we've given to those questions that we've asked, What about that, that have branched off from what about AI, though. Players in the game will be focused on strategies and tactics. <gasps> Shocking. Yeah, we figured that out on our own, with our own brain cells. Isn't that amazing? We're already living, here's another answer, we're already living inside a world shaped by strategic intelligence, i.e. espionage, counter-espionage, and covert action. The spy stuff. Even though spies are not that big a part of it. It's a much more rational and holistic system of activities. We only think about the spies because that seems cool. Secrets have been kept. What can't we see? Well, let's just say we don't know, but we know in the past secrets have been kept. That's another answer that we've given. And secret progress on something, technological progress, or even ideological or rational progress would be cumulative. You don't start from scratch every day when you wake up. You start from where you were the day before, unless you have some sort of memory problem. And AI is the new superpower in the mix. That's the last answer of the answers worth recalling that we've come up with in this series so far that concludes today. What are the implications of the questions and of the answers and what the answers have 
put in front of us, brought firmly to mind? Well, there are two categories of implications. You've got belief implications, i.e., you know, what I talked about at the top, constraints on what we can believe or what we reasonably can believe. And then there are action implications, like what should we do? What should we do given this stuff? So under belief implications, what I've got is like, the, you know, of the two kinds of evidence, I mean, we should base our beliefs on evidence, right? And that's a no-brainer. Um, and this is not particular to AI, but it's like records, you know, documents, writing, recordings, writing, records are, are they, they are evidence. Almost anything can be categorized as evidence as such, whether it's good evidence or whether it's sufficient evidence for a conclusion is, is the question. Records and claims are like soft evidence. They're evidence, but the stuff that we have to prefer is hard evidence. What do I mean by hard evidence? Things that are true at all times and all places and ideally all things, or all, all values of things, all, all valuations, all better and worse systems, if that's even possible. True at all times and all places and and really at all values, at all human. If we're in this together, if humanity is one thing or mostly one thing, like we'll kick out some people who are just straight evil. But if humanity is one thing, we're going to have to figure out how to... And, and, and AI people have talked about this, like the big thing. I, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure Stuart Russell talks about this in um, Human Compatible. Anywhere else? I mean, I think Bostrom probably talks about it in Superintelligence. But this idea that, like, our value... Yeah, he, Bostrom definitely does. They both definitely do. 99% sure about Russell, 100% sure about Bostrom. The, the valuation question is not easy. We can't... I mean, it's going to be very tempting for the players in the game. They're not the only ones. But the players in the game to um, say, I know it's valuable. I know it's good. And I'm right here. Like, I'm at the terminal. I'm in control of this thing. I'm going to decide what the, what's, what's good and what's bad, what's better and what's, what's worse, what's acceptable and unacceptable. But that's kind of crazy if you think about it. Like, how many people in the world, how many humans are there in the world, and, and why would those particular people, other than the state of nature, other than the fact that evolution and natural selection has, in a sense, and also the accidents and contingencies of history and nature have put that person in front of that terminal. There isn't a good reason from, a, from an ethical or a moral point of view to prioritize their values over others. Not on, that, just not, not on the basis of being at the terminal. This is, this is complicated. It's something about the people who push science and technology forward that that seems to qualify them for for steering that direction when when moral decisions are to be made but i'm i don't think most of us would think that that's true because so many of them just they 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 take to these things the technical people they take to technical things or esoteric or you know unusual very specific and specialist interests totally unconsciously 
Like they just, they don't make the rational decision. Like I don't think a lot of, of the top AI people out there rationally decided to, I mean, it's, it goes beyond what they decide, but after they're born, did they rationally decide to be interested in computers or interested in neuroscience? And of course they didn't rationally decide to be born to a mathematician mom and a, you know, an economist dad or a physician, these parents who make it, you know, much easier than the coal miner dad and the stay-at-home mom or the nurse mom or the, you know, these people who have nothing to do with the technology that just happens to be, you know, the coal miner dad is like really important when the technology that's shocking the world is fossil fuel use for work. But when the technology that's shocking the world is artificial intelligence, the coal miner dad is not as relevant, not relevant at all. But you don't choose your parents. You don't choose your country. You don't choose your height. You don't choose your IQ. So it's, it's contingency. It's circumstance. A lot of it is, you know, with good stuff we would call luck, but bad luck is a kind of luck too. What puts these technical people at the forefront, at the cutting edge, at the, at the state of the art is orthogonal to, let's say, perpendicular to, um, the, their qualifications to make moral and ethical decisions that affect the rest of us. I didn't mean to go into that so deeply, but I think, well, I did. I wasn't ready to talk about that. It's a very complicated topic. We'll leave it where it sits. How did I even get onto that? Oh, yeah. Hard evidence is better than soft evidence. Evidence that's, tr that's true at all times and all places, that's easy. That's physics. That's math. That's logic. That's, to some extent, empiricism. Although that's not... Empiricism doesn't quite clear those hurdles. But then true at all value level or at, at all human value systems. I mean, you can't be at all of them, right? Because they, they clash. Like, there's some of them like, I think the best thing would be to kill you. And then the other person's like, you know what? I think the best thing would be that you not do that. I think we have to agree to disagree. It's like, well, not if I kill you. Okay, those are never going to be reconciled. But let's just kick all of those assholes out, although they are us as well. Like, you get upset about something, you start thinking, oh, maybe the solution is war and murder. It clearly happens over and over again in history. I'm not saying I've had that experience. I'm just saying it's inevitable. There are going to, there's going to be a huge subset of humanity that regularly surprises us with how willing they are to be violent vis-a-vis -vis the people with whom they disagree. So the values thing is thorny and tar pity and it's pulling me in and I'm thinking now like how much do I remember about what Stuart Russell said? How much do I remember about what, Bertrand, what Nick Bostrom said? We've stepped in it here. I didn't realize how that little word was going to grab me and cause all these problems. So there you have it. Hard evidence is better. Hard evidence that is true no matter what someone believes should be prioritized over the softer kind that is often only true based on what someone believes. Think math, science, logic, technology, artifacts. Those are the implications of the questions and answers for what we can believe. Or maybe you could say what we should believe. Maybe you could say, well, I can believe whatever. I don't know about that. I don't think that's true. I think believe is sort of Belief is, 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 first of all, it's a matter of degree. Always remember it's a matter of degree. 
is never, you know, you should never think, oh, I believe this 100%. Like, are you sure? You sure there's no doubt in that complicated brain of yours? How simple are you? But there are implications, there, there are, the questions and answers have implications about what we can believe, what we can credibly, reasonably believe, and we should prioritize hard evidence. I was just doing it yesterday. I got a pile of 15 strategic intelligence books, uh, uh, espionage, counter-espionage, and covert action, right next to me, looking for one freaking piece of evidence. And when I found it, and then I found a better version of it, and then I knew I, I could keep pulling the thread and find the best, best, it was still just text. I could not run an experiment. I could not logically argue. I could not make it logically impossible that the text was wrong. All these dudes are saying it, but they often echo each other. Even the best of the best in any discipline will misquote and copy people who have said, I've, I can think of two examples. I'm not going to, you're going to think these people are less than they are. They're great people, but I find errors in their texts. And that's to say nothing of deliberate misleading or being misled sort of situations. Prioritize hard evidence. This is coming from a books guy. Okay, drop it. Enough. What about action implications? These questions that we've asked, these answers that we've attempted have implications for actions. Let's say that there are three groups. Let's say humanity, individuals, and players in the game. We've already talked about that. We've already said that those are the three groups. We started with individuals. What are the, you know, what sort of questions can you ask vis-a-vis AI? What's going on out there? AI, computer control. And what sort of questions can humanity ask? And what sort of questions should players ask? Those are some of the questions that we started with. Well, what are the action implications for us, for these groups? Let me start with me, not with... Oh, jeez. Bumped into my microphone. Let me start with me, not with thee. What am I? An individual, obviously. Humanity, obviously. I'm an outsider. I'm not a player. But I'm also, as we've said, the player, the group of players changes. And I've talked about being a walk-on. I've talked about being Rudy and going and getting my head kicked in. This is something that I'm taking very seriously. So if I put myself in the shoes of the players as best I can with my imagination, I think the basic thing, basic implication for action for players in the game, people who are writing code or controlling systems, or controlling decisions made about systems, people inside, not just inside the deep mind buildings and the open AI buildings, but in the rooms with the whiteboards, the players. Cause good and prevent bad. First and foremost, the Hippocratic Oath, first do no harm. The artificial intelligence oath, first, do no harm. Well, that's impossible. It's impossible in medicine, too, but it's an oath. It's a, it's a priority system. You, you can easily forget it. But, but uh, yeah, cause good and, and prevent bad would be a good starting point for action if you're a player in the game. For the, for individuals like you and also like me, uh, if you have a choice, choose your work wisely. If you have a choice, choose your work wisely. 
I should elaborate on that. Well, there are lots of things going on in the world and lots of things that, are, that especially in the form of coalitions and groups and aggregate forces of people and artifacts and things and organizations that are going to affect the AI game but that are not the players. Think of, think of these things as the league where these players play or the stadium or people on the sidelines, even the coaches, maybe. People outside the stadium, the, the people watching the game on TV, the people tailgating. You might be in those groups. Choose your work wisely. If you care about the game, if you think the game is important, and hopefully you do, well, you should at least be tailgating, right? I mean, don't, if you think the game is important and you have a choice, and that's the, that's the operative phrase. I mean, most people don't have a choice. They don't, oh, I might do this or I might do that. Those people are, have, have done very well. Some of them have have earned the heck out of it and probably more of them haven't they just sort of like benefited from circumstances that have been created accumulatively by previous generations but most people don't have a choice about what they do they're a lot in life and i'm not talking to those people those people this is, this is a different group of people i mean there's a lot to be said about that group of people and i'm not prepared to say any of it those people who do have a choice, choose, choose your work wisely. For humanity as a whole, action implications of the questions and answers about what about AI. For humanity as a whole, do or die. As a whole, do or die. It's the first thing. We got to get serious. I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it. I hope it's not taken the wrong way. Environmentalism is too selective. If you're an environmentalist and you only and your only concern about the effects of the environment on human beings is it centers around global warming. Uh, first of all, I agree with you. It's very terrifyingly concerning, and nothing that I see from the press indicates that. It has been overblown yet. It's only been underblown. And our capacity to respond is, is, doesn't seem to be anyone's priority. That aside, computer control is also part of the human environment, as is space, particularly our solar system. Um, the human environment is not just the temperature on the planet or the biosphere. Um, there is a technosphere. And there is an astrosphere. I'm sure that word is correctly used. All that is to say, as a whole, humanity sh should be absolutely worried about its environment as long as the definition of the word environment is as general as our actual env environment and doesn't cause blind spots like I'm going to devote all my energy to preventing or Preventing global warming or, you know, um, enacting or pushing for, you know, climate justice and, and all the other phrases that are in terms that are used. Um, and 
the prospect of artificial intelligence and computer control and a dystopian or utopian future are not important. That's, that's a bad definition of environment if you're using it that way. But it's easy to miss. Do or die, humanity. Do or die. The Precipice. Our Final Hour. These are all titles of books about this. Um, the other thing is that we should prevent a singleton. <laughs> a singleton is sort of the... It has a software engineering meaning, but it also... Um, Nick Bostrom uses it in in superintelligence uh, to mean a world order in which there is at there is at the globe a world order in which there is at the global level a single decision making agency. At the global level, there's a single decision making agency. That's that's a singleton. We don't want that. We wouldn't be humanity if we had a singleton, would we? That sounds bad. That sounds bad. I mean, we're, we're cells at that point. We're cells in the body of something else. Humanity can't be cells. I don't want to be a cell. I got a lot of love for cells. They've done a lot for me in my life. I don't want to be one. I don't want anybody else to be one. That seems anti-human to me. However, if we can't avoid it, if there's a threat that's worse, if, if annihilation or perpetual immiseration is nigh, uh, then we should try and be a really happy, healthy singleton. I mean, if, if, it's, if it's, you know, give me liberty or give me death, well, I know, I understand the, the sentiment behind that, but, I mean, death, <laughs> I don't want to be enslaved, but like, what if we could be part of a happy human singleton? And what if, the, what if it's a, the decisions that it makes are as good as or better than the ones we would have made as lone wolves making decisions all the time. I'm not purely anti-singleton. I'm not purely anti-world order in which there is at the global level a single decision-making agency. But I'm pretty against it. I kind of really just can't imagine that being good. So those are the implications for beliefs, for actions, implications of the answers to our questions. Let's talk end games. Here's what I got. Skeptical optimism and player orientation. Let's start with player orientation. I already talked about it at the top. We need to be focused on the players on the field. I swear I heard, I can't go dig this up, but I heard one guy on a podcast years ago say, he was working on this. He was like, what do we do? You know, now that we understand the, the AI problem and the super intelligence problem, he's like, maybe I can like do their laundry for them or something meaning the engineers who are working on AI safety. That seemed pathetic to me. I'm not doing anybody's laundry, okay? That's, they're not that important in any way. It's not natural for humans to be that attended to, their work being so... But it might, we might reach a point, but I'm not doing the laundry. I'd rather go down with a ship than become that sort of a servant. Not because doing laundry is so bad, but it's the idea that these guys are so important coding. Actually, I might do the laundry, you know? If, it were, if we're at war and the only guys and gals who could fend off our enemy. Look, I just want to be one of them. I, don't want, I want someone doing my laundry. I don't want to be doing other people's laundry. But maybe it'll come to that. Player orientation. Players win games. Skeptical optimism. I gotta be optimistic. It's not because I'm scared of being pessimistic. I am naturally pessimistic. But when I watch DeepMind propaganda videos like the 
AI by me series that they released a couple of almost two weeks ago and I just discovered a day or two ago. I go into that with pure skepticism. This is propaganda. They're just trying to, you know, farm talent and this is very likely to be BS. But man, the alternative to those beautiful images of young people working on this with nothing but optimism and no cynicism or no apparent cynicism, the alternative to that is not as good. So I am all about skeptical optimism. I think this AI thing is trying to be great. And I think we can blow it. That's skeptical optimism. It's trying to be great, but we can blow it. That's the end game. Player orientation and skeptical optimism. That's it. Those are all the questions. Those are all the answers. Those are the implications and belief and actions. Those are the end games. When we ask the question, what about AI, though? Tomorrow? I have no idea. But I'm working on it. There's too much. Not, it's, not, it's not that there's not enough. It's that there's too much. All references will be in the PDF notes. Retrace.com. R-E-T-R-A-I-C-E.com. This is segment number 54. Next one, same time tomorrow, 11 p.m., 8 p.m., Pacific. Signing off.